Bug Dog Nation, Kaylee Mansell, Mike Griffith, and we are back for day two of the Reese's Senior Bowl coverage. The stars were out today. The sun is shining. I'm having to wear my sunglasses because I can't see anything, but we did have the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs out on the field today. Got the chance to see Kirby Smart watching his guys. What do you think he thought of their performance today? Well, he was really proud of them. I got a chance to watch him visit with Ladd and William Moat, the snapper, and, and Marcus Rosemey Jack Sane, and, and I'm sure at some point, you know, it's such a mob of people down there. It's hard to pick up on where everybody is, but I saw Kirby, and, you know, he stepped by, you know, shook my hands, and said, hey, Mike, how's it going? He said, you gonna do a little media today? He goes, no, I'm not gonna do a little media today. I said, but all these players, and he was gone in a flash. Look, Kirby's here for his guys. He's here to support his players, and, you know, he's off recruiting. I mean, he's in the state recruiting, and, and look, Kirby's not a guy that's gonna talk just to talk. Mm -hmm. That's just not his style. No wasted words. No, he doesn't waste his energy, and I, I talk about that all the time. You know, does this help him win a championship? And unfortunately, I don't think we can help him win a championship today interviewing him so there'll come a time and a place um, at pro day when all the nfl teams show up at georgia which all 32 teams will be there mike tomlin will be there as well i saw mike tomlin already dapping up lad mcconkey yesterday mm -hmm. trying to get the inside track on him like he did george pickens that was pretty obvious a couple years ago but but look kirby's got to move and shake he's got things to do he's got players to recruit does it help him win championship yes or no he was here to support the guys that helped him win championships and now he's moving on looking for the next champions I can't imagine what it must feel like from a coach's perspective to see your players get to this point because at the end of the day it's all about development when you go to the University of Georgia you know you're getting developed and it's because of this right here you see the level of competition that these Georgia Bulldogs bring so I can't imagine from what Kirby's perspective what it's like to get these get the chance to see his guys out here knowing that he prepared and trained them for moments like this well I'll tell you it was a different Kirby you know he was so relaxed and a big genuine smile so happy for these young men as they pursue their dreams and and, and he knows. I mean, think about everything they've been through together. I mean, all those practices and you know, even talking with JT Daniels, you know, asking him about, you know, work playing for Kirby. And, of course, JT's still been floating around yeah. here talking to a lot of different people. I know Clemson's got an opening on their staff. Pretty pretty interesting to hear all the, the moving and shaking behind the scenes. And, and talking with Ladd, you know, we asked him, you know, how were the practices here compared to Georgia? And he said, well, that's a little bit different. You don't got Kirby Smart on the microphone every day busting on you and the players aren't hitting you. And, you know, Kaylee, getting into those players, you had some observations earlier. I mean, look, uh, you know, Javon Bullard and Tyke Smith, they, they, they like to hit people. This yeah. is what they do. And it's, it's almost not fair to see them out here unable to hit because in just in just rare you know open space i don't know that that's necessarily you know going to be the strength i think they like to watch these guys close and make big hits but you had an observation you thought that it was kind of tough in coverage at times today. yeah especially for a guy like javon like you said who his strength is hitting people i don't think we've seen the best of him so far but right. we're also not allowing him the ability to see his strength but one thing i thought was really cool is anytime we get to watch the georgia players go head to head it's oh, a special yeah. moment we got to see javon and lad go one-on-one -on -one and actually I have to say, Ladd broke his ankles today, but I'm sure that that's not the first time that it's happened amongst these last three or four years playing together. I don't think anybody's going to cover Ladd. No. I think Ladd McConkey has become the story of the draft. Uh, with his performance yesterday, and I, and I know he wasn't 100 today. Remember, he's still rehabbing that ankle. Yeah. And the fact that he was out there says everything about him because he's got the combine in a month. But, you know, Lad's out there making plays. I don't know if anybody can cover him. I, I'm, I'm serious, mm -hmm. and I've said it before. He's got that Christian McCaffrey-like quickness. He's just 
faster than everybody else, and he's such a great technician. He's been such an amazing story. I'll tell you who else looked really fast, and that's Marcus Rosemey Jackson. Yeah. I thought number one looked faster than I've ever seen him at Georgia, and I don't know if it's just that he's had some time to rest his legs a little bit or if he's been doing some speed training, but Marcus Rosemey Jackson turned a corner today on one of those DBs, and I was blown away with the speed, and I thought, you know, I don't really think of Marcus as a fast guy. I mean, relative to other college players, I mean, obviously he's going to outrun, you know, like I said, a thousand people on the planet, a thousand out of a thousand one people on the planet but when you get into the elite i don't think of him as a speed merchant necessarily but today the quickness uh and the way he turned that corner i mean i think he is having a dynamite camp and and yeah lad is the guy that some people are talking about as a potential first round pick that's going to have a lot to do with his medical when he gets to the combine they're going to see what kind of shape he's in and what 40 he runs but i wonder if marcus rosemey jack saint could creep up into day two. I wonder if he could become a third-round draft pick. A lot of people look at him as a third-day pick. I wonder if he can get into the second day as a late third-round guy with a really good combine as well as this week at the Senior Bowl. I think it's really interesting that you make that comparison between Ladd and Christian McCaffrey because one thing you know about me is I'm pretty observant and when I'm wearing these sunglasses nobody really knows if I'm looking at them or if I'm listening <laughs> to them but one thing that I caught today is I had two scouts from the 49ers on the field right in front of me and they were watching Ladd. They were staring him down. They were pointing at him. I know that's yeah. a good sign. How cool would it be to see Christian McCaffrey and Ladd McConkey on the same team? That'd be unbelievable. I, I mean, listen, wherever Ladd goes, he's going to be a difference maker. The whole thing with Ladd is the durability and that's where NFL teams have to decide, you know, if he just caught a couple of bad breaks at Georgia, mm -hmm. is this a guy that can stay healthy? They wonder that about all the guys, right? But when they look at the medical history, you know, Ladd had the back injury at the start of the year. This stuff's all going to get talked about. And, mm -hmm. and here's the thing. when when It's like I tell these guys before they go into this process. When you're coming out as a recruit, all you hear is the good things. Like I said, I always point to those Jeff Centel articles. In <laughs> fact, I, in fact I, I want Jeff to write my obituary someday because nobody makes anybody sound any better than Jeff Centel. And all you talk about is the positives when the kids are coming out of high school. Well, the NFL draft is the complete opposite. All they want to do is talk about the negatives yeah. and pick a guy apart and, well, what can't he do? And what's the injury history? And what were the statistics? And, and how did he, you know, which event? It's not what you did great the, you know, unless it's Jordan Davis running a 472 or something stupid <laughs> like that. It's well, what you you know, where what event were you? Maybe his vertical wasn't good. Or Lad is going to test out just fine if that ankle is right. I really think it's going to come down to the medical, and, and a team's going to decide, you know, how high up do you want to take Lad McConkey, and how durable do you think he can be? Because clearly, when he's on the field, I mean, he has looked as unstoppable at the Senior Bowl as anybody I've seen in one of these Senior Bowl events. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball. We mentioned earlier Javon didn't have the best day. Yeah. I actually thought that Tyke had a good day his coverage yeah. looked good his footwork looked good after you've seen him now for two days what's the ceiling and the floor for Tyke in the draft yeah I really I think Tyke's had a great event Tyke's a great college player here's the thing where it's kind of unfair okay so it just gets unfair and you know they want safeties that are six feet or taller mm -hmm. and and you know people say well why didn't Javon come back another year why didn't Tyke come back because they're not going to grow an inch and they're not going to get any faster. They're going to be the same 5'11 guy. Now, is there? could they show marginal improvement? Uh, perhaps the safety class isn't as deep. I mean, those are things that agents have to decide and weigh against the potential for a risk of injury, right? And I think they just looked at Javon and Tyke and said, look, you know, you guys aren't going to get that much better, mm -hmm. you know, coming back another year. And unless you grow an inch, you know, you're probably not going to be picked in the first round. There's not a lot of first round safeties. Lewis Seen was a six foot plus guy, right? Malachi, right around that six foot 
uh, tall frame. So they're not going to get any taller. They're probably not going to get any faster. So it was time to cash in. And, you know, you mentioned Javon being, I don't know that I thought he was completely healthy all year. Mm. He was down in Pensacola with Ladd where, you know, Ladd was being seen by William Andrews, the renowned orthopedic specialist for the rehab. I think Javon was probably, you know, down there for a reason too. And I've not heard him say that. And I haven't had a chance to talk with him. We're going to talk to him media day in a bit. I'm going to ask him about that um, because I think when Javon Bullard is on his game, I mean, he's, he's fantastic. I mean, we saw that. He was the, uh, I think he was the defensive MVP of both games in 2022 in the college football playoffs. And, you know, he's a playmaker. He's a huge hitter. Again, I just don't know that the skeleton is, the skeleton workout here that he's doing, I don't know if that, like that's his thing, right? He, he likes to hit people. He likes to put his hands on people. Not to say that he can't cover, but I do think it's a big time advantage when these guys are out here, not in full equipment, and it's quarterbacks and running backs in these skeleton drills. So one guy who's gotten more coverage in the last two days than probably all season long is William Moat, the long yeah. snapper who is here. He's the only long snapper representing his team, so every single play he's getting that one-on-one -on -one opportunity. How have you been impressed by his performances so far? Well, he's done really well, and you know, I just interviewed William, and I said, well, I guess it's a good thing that nobody knows who you are, because when you're a long snapper, you don't want anybody to know who you are. <laughs> if they know who you are, you've done something wrong. And I'm like, William Moat, I don't think I've ever heard of this guy. I don't know. Is he really done? No, I mean, obviously, I know who William is, but he's had a tremendous career, and I think he's going to be one of the guys. But, but Kaylee, it's tough. Mm -hmm. Just like a punter or a kicker, there's only so many of these guys in the NFL, and when they get those jobs, they don't turn over. They stay in the league a long, long time, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of competition for William, but just the fact that he's here tells you that he's one of the most elite at his positions, right? Because there's no long snapper that's going to turn down the senior bowl and be like, no, nah, I'm the number one long snapper. I'm not coming, right? Okay, first-round quarterbacks, you know, Caleb Williams can get away with that, right? You know, mm -hmm. Brock Bowers doesn't have to be here competing with the tight ends. But just to be one of the top, that already says he's one of the top long snappers coming out. And then it gets into what team needs a long snapper and who are you trying out for and what veteran are you essentially trying to beat out. So um, he's done a really nice job. He was one of the guys that Kirby was talking to. He's a, a Birmingham kid, a guy that you know Kirby's probably known for a long time. Um, one of these guys you could kind of see coming up. So I, I think George has been really well represented. We have not mentioned Dejon Edwards yep. yet where I wanted to go with that. I was going to say for our last individual analysis. I mean, Connor Riley would probably take offense at this at this point, but I'm not going to. Look, listen, Dejan just keeps putting in the work. Yeah. I mean, he's just stacking one good practice after another. And look, he's not going to be the fastest guy out here. He's not going to be the biggest running back. But I will say, I measured him up against the Missouri running back, Corey Schrader. And I know Georgia fans remember Corey yeah. Schrader. That guy was a bull. He went over 1,600 yards rushing, right? And you put Dejan up next to this guy, they're the same size. Yeah. And I'll tell you this too, Corey Schrader got knocked on his you-know-what today. I mean, it's getting rough out here. Day two was rough, Kaylee. I don't mm -hmm. know if you noticed the difference, but when these linemen were in drills with one another, they're not friends anymore. I saw somebody get their helmet torn off, and I mean, things were getting pretty steamy out there. And, and these guys are already getting sick of each other. Tomorrow, they're really going to be sick of each other. They can't, they're not going to be able to wait to get to the other team in the game on Saturday at 2.30, all those Michigan helmets lined up across from them. They're going to be going after those guys, but things are getting a little uh, steamy out here, a little chippy out here, and Dejan's fine with that. Dejan is a physical guy. He's a no-nonsense guy. He's not going to talk any trash. You never see Dejan Edwards with any extracurricular. He just goes and does his job, and I do believe that he's going to win an NFL roster spot with his performance out here because he is really taking care of business. He has, I haven't seen him drop any balls. Mm -hmm. Everything he's catching 
He looks really good in the open field. Uh, again, I mean, he's, he's not going to you know turn into DeAndre Swift overnight, but this is a guy that's going to move the chains for you. He's going to get what's there. The ball control is there. The pass protection is outstanding, and I think these NFL teams will take note of him. So for a guy like Dejon Edwards, there's obviously a lot of running backs on here. That means less reps for him. Right. What would you like to see out of him tomorrow that you think can put him on the radar for all the scouts that are out here? Just the physicality. I like the physicality, and I think it's really important that these guys are able, like I said, to to do the blitz pickup, you know, to, to run through those lines. And, and Dejan, he's a, he's a tough, durable guy. And, and you look at a guy like that and say, could this be my third or fourth running back? Is this a guy that can learn the offense, that I can rely on? I can put him in there if, if there's an injury. Maybe he can return uh, in punts or kicks or be on coverage teams. What's he like in the locker room? Well, he, what he's like in the locker room is he takes care of business and he's consistent and he's physical. And, he's, and there's no drama and there's no distraction. Again, these guys are paying close attention to the mannerisms of these players, how they handle themselves, how they carry themselves, and how they learn the offense. And so far, I think Dejan has been spot on on all of his assignments with no drops, and I think he's shown a little bit of that durability and physicality. And I, and I think you want to show more of it. Just keep coming to work, pounding it every day, making that statement. And more and more people see that G and say, you know what, that's one of those Georgia guys. He's a two-time national champion. You know, this is a guy that led the Georgia Bulldogs in rushing in 2023. So I want to end on this because I feel like we didn't get to harp on it enough yesterday. You mentioned on Dog Nation Daily today that this is the first year that the Reese's Senior Bowl is allowing juniors yeah. in the game. How does that change the game as a whole and the competition that's out there? Yeah, well, it makes it a lot tougher to get a spot. That's for sure. I mean, these spots are really coveted. I, I think uh, between 85 and 90 percent of the guys here historically get drafted. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting invited to the Senior Bowl, it's a pretty good indication that you're going to be drafted, whether Jim Nagy and his Senior Bowl staff have identified you as an NFL talent or if an NFL team is kind of in his ear saying hey you know we'd kind of like to take a closer look at this guy right they kind of work together you know the, the senior bowl is its own event I don't want to call it an NFL event but you can't help but notice all the NFL coaches and GMs and and scouts and, and coordinators that are here uh, and they're here to evaluate this is their in-person interview they're on the job interview when they go to the combine very different very corporate environment you know very structured in get in get out you know watch them compete here it's a little bit more laid back hey you know let's catch you know, dinner tonight or you know maybe in the morning let's you know let's meet over at you know so-and-so uh, tea shop downtown so it's a lot more of a relaxed environment you, you bring up the juniors and now all of a sudden uh, usually what I think I want to say uh, 70 or 80 under something to that effect okay most uh, maybe not most but a portion of those juniors if they're coming out are probably first round draft pick but that still leaves maybe four 40 or 50 guys in the pool that maybe you would choose from for this game and that's and that means less seniors right we hear Kirby Smart talking about you know just how, how much the uh, the schedules picked up now that you've got early enrollees coming in freshmen aren't really freshmen They've been through spring drills already, right? So you've got that accelerated clock on these players. And, and now that there's NILs and transfers, I think you're going to see that clock accelerated even more, Kaylee, because if a guy's a really talented freshman or, or even sophomore and he hasn't played yet, there's going to be a school that's going to say, hey, we got a spot for you. And then, you know, they decide, you know, they want to be a third string guy at Georgia their junior year, or do they want to go, you know, start at school ABC and, and make a little bit more money. So, and that's going to get them on the field quicker. So that's I think you're going to see the clock continue to be accelerated on these players and I think you'll see a higher proportion of juniors 
in this game moving forward and, and maybe more of the talented seniors that are playing in the NFL um, are guys, maybe uh, project guys like Lad McConkey mm -hmm. or like Eric Stokes that came in as a three-star and then just developed within the program or a guy that maybe gets injured early in his career, needs that year to recover, uh, maybe takes that red shirt or, you know, maybe, maybe like a, a Branson Robinson, mm -hmm. right? A guy who normally might be ready to go pro after his junior year. Now maybe he sticks around for a senior year because he had a knee injury that, that cost him a season or a season and a half. You had a story go up on Lad McConkey yesterday. What else can we expect to read from you this week? Yeah, I think Lad's stolen the spotlight from everybody. I'm going to write, I'm, you know, I can't wait to write about Marcus Rosemi Jack saying I love his passion for the game. I'm going to write about William Moat. I hope to catch up with Javon Bullard at the media day over there today. You know, Tyke Smith's not much of a talker. Uh, you know, he, he keeps it pretty simple, but I think he'll open up a little bit. I, I think you had a chance to interview him today. and You probably got a little color out of Tyke in terms of, mm. you know, him talking it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll probably try to get some Javon Bullard stuff. I want to pay attention uh, to what some of the NFL analysts are saying, uh, and, and I'll throw in there what I think as well. I don't. I, I feel like I know these guys as, as well as anybody, but it's always interesting to see uh, you know, what some of the, like when uh, you know one of the guys from the NFL.com network all of a sudden writes that uh, Lad's a top 50 guy, or somebody uh, Matt Miller from ESPN.com writes that maybe Lad gets in the first round. I mean, look, Lad McConkey did not start this draft process as a first round pick, but what he did on the field uh, that first day and it looked pretty good today but that first day uh, he was unbelievable. I mean, like I said, that was a senior bowl day performance uh, for the ages for him to skyrocket up there like that. And now everybody can't wait to see what 40 he runs and what he does at the combine. And Lad's number one job now is to get out of Mobile healthy. You're right. I did get some really good coverage on Tyke Smith today. So make sure to check out our YouTube channel for all the individual player interviews yeah. that they do after the game. We'll also be covering the press conference that they're going to have today at the Reese's Senior Bowl. And make sure to check out DogNation.com for all the articles that Mike is writing this speak about all the dogs being represented here at the Reese's Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Again, I'm Kelly Mansell with Mike Griffith. Thank you for joining us for yet another day for day two of practice here in Mobile, and we will see you tomorrow on the pages of dognation.com.